Welcome back, another brand new episode, Nothing Important Podcast. Your host, Matt Reyes. You know who I am. I don't know who you are. I might know who you are, but I don't know particularly who's listening to this episode. You know what I mean? That's how that goes. It's kind of like a one-way street. You get to invest your time listening to me. You get to know me somewhat. You get to understand my personality, how I act on a Monday, how I act on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, motherfucking Sunday. I do this podcast seven days a week. And I'm very different every fucking day, aren't I? You know? How does he do it? How does he talk so fucking much? (laughs) Is that a talent? Is that a skill? Observation, communication, expression. Maybe. Um, Maybe it's a mental illness. Maybe that's what that is. Somebody who just... I think I've said it before, and I'm going to say it a motherfucking again. Um, (laughs) I'm always appalled by shit. I'm always shocked by things. Things shock me. And so I don't know if it's necessarily being like an observationalist or things that other people can just accept as new truths or things that they did not know about. I have like an acid trip effect. Like I just hit the blunt and... (laughs) I'm realizing something for the first fucking time and I'm just way too fucking shocked by it. That's my outlook on life. Um, And I'm happy with that. I'm happy with who I am. I love my life. I love myself. I love myself. That was a Kendrick Lamar song. He did performance on SNL. It was a classic. Um, Yeah, I do, man. And I have fun. And... It's such a beautiful thing when you get to remember that. (laughs) You know who I relate to a lot? And this is going to sound like the most arrogant, pompous thing I've ever said in my motherfucking life. Let's take it with a grain of salt. I am 5 foot 11. I weigh about 215 pounds. It fluctuates between 210 and 215. The goal is 190. We are loading, ladies and gentlemen. Remember MySpace when you used to have the page loading? Under construction? I'm under construction. We're going to get there. But I'm 5'11". 215 pounds, Puerto Rican. I could jump, my, my vertical is about, you know, two dicks. That's how, <laughs> that's my vertical. It ain't no 40 inches, you know? But I relate to an individual named LeBron James. Did I just blaspheme? Did I just liken myself to King James? The greatest basketball player ever. Let's argue about that first. Before I start getting into the ways that I feel like I'm similar to LeBron James, I want to argue that he is the greatest. I get persona. I get personality. I get swag. I get the mystique. I get the whole character. I get it. Jordan was the shit, not just because of what he was doing on the court, but he was that nigga. He was Batman. You know what I'm saying? LeBron is definitely Superman. <laughs> He's from the Midwest. He's a little corny. You know what I'm saying? If he wasn't a basketball player, he would, he would probably be on a farm somewhere with his underbite. I understand it. He's Superman. He's a cool guy. He's a nice guy. And he's saving the motherfucking world, a.k.a. whatever team he's on. Um, <laughs> but I get the whole mystique around Jordan. Jordan is Batman. He's that guy you want to be. And that's why so many... Uh, People who don't know fucking basketball. <laughs> it's always like, 
The guys that really ride for Jordan the most are people in his age group or white men. You know? Because white men are not only... You know, when I sit back and I watch a basketball game, it's like a reference to a culture that I grew up in. I remember being in the projects, idolizing this sport, watching young kids with incredible athletic abilities, chasing these abilities, chasing these skills. It was an escape. It was our only escape. So when I watch it, it's, it's like art to me. It's not a game. But I know like when white guys watch it, you know, it, <laughs> it doesn't have all that weight to it. It's just entertainment. And so it becomes like a video game to them. And, um, you know, like little kids do when they watch their favorite show or they're playing their favorite video game. Like I'm the Red Ranger. I'm the Green Ranger. Everybody wants to be the Green Ranger, right? We're talking Power Rangers. White guys want to be the Green Ranger in this metaphor. Michael Jordan is the Green Ranger. He's cool. He's smooth. He's suave. He's swaggy. You know what I mean? He's that guy. But if we're talking about pure basketball skills, longevity, expectation, pressure, the era he came out in, LeBron James beat that man up and motherfucking down. Up and motherfucking down. I hate to give a news flash for folks who are, you know what I'm saying, it was young in the 80s, but go watch those games over. <laughs> Please go. Everybody wants to be like, it's, it's a fucking physical league. And all right, go watch them niggas dribble like it's a fucking, like it's an 80s video game. You know what I'm saying? They dribbling, their fingertips ain't touching the ball. It's just, it's embarrassing to compare that competition with the people that LeBron James has had to compete with. Um, it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> go put Steph Curry in the 80s and see them niggas fucking all quit the, the fucking NBA. And, and LeBron has had to compete against these guys. You know, I'll give you one more motherfucking point. Kobe Bryant, when he was in the league, the best team that was in the league was the Lakers. Michael Jordan, when he was in the league, the best team in the league was the motherfucking Bulls. You getting a little trend here? LeBron James era, when he was the motherfucking man, the best team in the league, other teams. Always other teams. San Antonio Spurs, um, Lakers. Um, Golden State Warriors. <laughs> you understand the motherfucking trend here? What I'm trying to say is that LeBron is that motherfucking outlier. He's like nobody that's ever played this game. He is like nobody that's ever played this game. Physical phenom, basketball mind. Played, in my opinion, harder competition. More longevity, obviously. The guy's fucking 90 years old. He's still doing his thing even though the Lakers are shitty this year. He's still bowling out. And um, if you play basketball, you just know he's a better basketball player. Like, if you play the fucking game, <laughs> if you picked up a basketball and dribbled that shit and shot the ball, you know what I'm saying? You could put two and two together. I'm not just talking about, like, people who observe. I'm talking about if you played the game, if you know the game of basketball, LeBron James is a better basketball player. Like, let's keep it a buck. Kevin Durant is better than Michael Jordan. I'm not talking about as a winner, but as a basketball player. Like, come on, son. Anyway, I, I, I got off track. You see, I'm a little bit passionate. Basketball is back, and I'm going to turn to a dumbass guy again. But the point I was trying to make here is that when I look at an individual like LeBron James, I see some characteristics that are familiar to myself. You know? We talked about in the last episode, maybe the episode before that, 
the book, The Alchemist. I'm going to keep on dropping that motherfucking book because it's a motherfucking gem. It's a thousand gems in paperback. It is a book by a nigga named, a nigga named Palo Coelho. You sound like some, some crackhead giving you bad advice, right? Yeah, nigga, yeah, I appreciate the dialing, man. You supporting a good cause, nigga. Let me tell you about this book by nigga named Paolo Coelho. Anyway, The Alchemist is a great book. Go fucking read the book. The first tale in the book was about narcissists staring into the pond and the pond staring into the reflection in narcissists' eyes. And they were both just looking at themselves. I'm not going to fucking fill in the blank. You go fill in that blank. That's what I'm doing with LeBron James right now. I'm not LeBron James. I said it before. I'm a 5'11", 215-pound Puerto Rican, 30-year-old dad. I can't do what he do. I can't do that, Papa. I can't do it. But what I see that links up is this uh, forgetting your greatness thing. LeBron has that quality. He forgets that he's the fucking man. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I said he was Superman. He is Superman. His kryptonite is bad memory. No, it's you know what that is? That quality is, they call it a fugue state. When you're in the zone. And this is something that's talked about with people who are Masters at a craft or an art form or a skill set, when they tune out of maybe the, the, the basic core faculties of consciousness, when they tune out of the awareness of their surroundings and they go into a place of pure subconscious reactivity as it pertains to whatever they've mastered, they call that the zone. They call that the motherfucking zone. You see it. I mentioned Kendrick Lamar. I love myself. Go watch that performance on SNL. Saturday Night Live. It's not the most recent one. It was the first time he was on Saturday Night Live. He had the Vaseline all over his face. He had the black contacts. And he had his hair half braided and half out in an afro. He was paying a little homage to Takao. Met the man. You know what I'm saying? And he went. And he went into a fugue state. He was in the zone. He tapped out. He got beside himself and let the, you know what I'm saying, the muses do the, the walking and the talking. And I think that quality, the ability, the ability to be like a conduit to something created, to something that is higher than our physical form, that ability comes with a little bit of a curse. Uh, it's not accessible 24 motherfucking seven. You got to get tapped in. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think LeBron James is like that. It's like when he's in that motherfucking zone, boy, boy, <laughs> there's nothing you could do. There's nothing anybody can motherfucking do. I will point to game one of the NBA finals. I can't remember the motherfucking year. I want to say 2017 or 2016. What was it? 2017. 2017. It, NBA Finals when they was playing Golden State Warriors and um, they got swept. The Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors um, and they got swept. That game one when he put up a 50 ball and JR shit threw the game away, that was a fugue state. You have some of the greatest Hall of Fame basketball players on the greatest team in NBA history. Playing against essentially LeBron James, J.R. Smith, and Iman Shumpert. Like, come on, Zach. Come on. 
Let's be really fucking honest. And he gave them niggas the work. And it came down to, you know, a possession or two. That, to me, is the zone. That's the fugue state, man. If you really know the sport, but if you understand the zone, he was in the motherfucking zone. But he doesn't access that all the time. He forgets that he is the guy. You understand? He forgets that he is unstoppable because he's also human. You know, he's Superman. Well, Superman was a was an alien. I'm, my my metaphor is falling apart. He has kryptonite. His kryptonite is <laughs> his kryptonite is all the goddamn money he's making. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to to wake up and work hard when you got silk pillows, pillowcases. You know? Um, no, I don't think that's what's going on. I think throughout his career, he has suffered with. He doesn't have the same personality as a Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is driven by, you know what I'm saying, some old school... Something happened to that nigga. I'm just going <laughs> to... Something happened to him and he never talked about it. Uh, let's be honest. That's the way he's moving. That was his energy. Like, he was... <laughs> he had problems. But LeBron James was... You know what I'm saying? He's, he's a human being. You see his humanity. But what I kind of relate to is this quality of forgetting... And this is going to come across arrogant to individuals who don't know me. And I don't care. You know what I mean? When I'm speaking about myself or my greatness or my potentiality, when I get in the zone to do what I got to fucking do in this lifetime, to be able to express artistically my purpose, the things that, that allow my light to shine. I know my capabilities. I've been there from time to motherfucking time. And I forget. I forget that I'm that fucking guy. That there's nothing that can stop me. I forget that. You know what I mean? And so what I'm doing right now, I'm on a pursuit of obviously consistency. Obviously, it's a creative pursuit. The podcast, all that and all that. But I'm just talking about overall my life. I'm trying to link more days together of focus. Very important thing we want to do, ladies and gentlemen, in your lifetime. You want to spend some time, not all your fucking time. You don't want to get lost in the spiraling tornado of existential crisis and angst and, you know, get out of your astral project out of your body and float up to the, you know, above the fucking earth. You're, you're in space with Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos having a cocktail, but you're a ghost, right? You've astral projected up there and you're witnessing the globe before you under your fucking feet, contemplating what the fuck is going on. You want to spend... A, a, a balanced amount of time doing it, but you need to fucking do it. You need to do it. And while you're doing it and you're outside of your body and you're looking at yourself and you're looking at your environment, you're looking at the people around you, you need to be brutal in your critique. You can't just be a person who sits on their fucking ass and critique society and other individuals because that will leave you jaded and you won't self-improve. It is a defense mechanism. You need to be that brutal and that vicious in your critique of yourself. And as I'm doing that, I realize the quality about myself that I'm tired of. That I'm fucking tired of. That I'm ready to take out of my body and fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Me and all the demons in my head is going to jump this quality. Jump the shit out of this nigga, man. <laughs> it's a lack of laser focus. I'm not saying I'm not focused. I'm not saying I can't focus. I'm saying... I really want to have a fucking fiery laser beam of focus in my life where I can string together multiple fucking days of that state of being 
of subconscious flow. That's what I'm into right now. If you don't you don't understand, it's okay. It's okay. It's just a fucking podcast. <laughs> don't take it so seriously. Um, yeah, man, that's where the fuck I'm at, man. And I love being in that space because anything to re-engage hunger, that feeling in your gut, it's not literal hunger. I just fucking ate. I'm just talking about the way I describe it, like, I guess the way the chemicals kind of shoot around in my brain and the sensations it gives me, I can feel the hair in my beard growing <laughs> and my gums itch. It's like I, I get, I want to fucking bite something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. I guess that's what testosterone feels like. I don't know. I don't know what's going on really. But I always like felt that energy and that ugh, as hunger. You know, and whatever you whatever gets you to that point where you feel hunger, where you feel that fucking tingle in your chest. When you feel that, man, you got to keep that shit. You got to keep that fucking hunger. You can't let that shit go. You can't let that shit go. And that shit is like a fucking jet engine. I'm not going to lie to you. It can be to your detriment. But I'd rather be hurt by my hunger then be content. I'd rather that shit melt off a fucking couple skin cells. I was just watching that on Reddit. Somebody took a dummy and they fucking layered the dummy with uh, fake skin, which is like meat. They got animal meat and fat and flesh and they remodeled like a a model of a, a human face and they put it, they sat that shit in a chair and they put it right behind a fucking jet engine and they just watched the fucking skin fly off. Just to let us know what would happen if we stood behind a jet engine. And that is the power of laser focus and hunger. That shit can be to your detriment. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, I'd rather have a couple motherfucking third degree burns than be content. This feeling is what I live for. It's what I fucking live for. And I think all human beings do. When I said in a previous episode, when I was talking about fucking narcissists, when I was talking about my Sunday and I was walking around in the park and for once in my fucking life, I realized I was looking at the world as it pertains to self, but that's not wrong. I was seeing myself in everyone and I was seeing everyone in me. Pause. Sounded kind of gay. I was seeing the collective connectivity in this universe. And I was witnessing it without emotional reaction and without bias. I just felt one with everything and that everything was one with myself. You know what I'm saying? That's what I felt. And so when I compare myself to a LeBron James, I think that's more of us than we fucking realize. I think human beings have lost the knowledge of what they're really capable of. Of what they are. Of their potential. This is learned behavior. We can go around blaming people who are in power, people with money. It's all insignificant, really, to your life to sit around blaming people. You're just giving them power. They already have money. They already have more resources. They have more free time. They already have all those legs up on you. And you're going to give them your power. You're going to give them that out in your brain, that excuse you, you, you pay to yourself so you can sit down and fucking waste your life. You're going to give those people the, oh, they taught me wrong. They led me the wrong way. 
Nah. I don't buy that bullshit. I don't think we need anything. I don't think we need anything from anybody to achieve greatness. I really don't believe that. And nothing is going to fucking convince me otherwise. I'm just going to be very honest. (laughs) Nothing is going to convince me otherwise. It's pure logic. If we needed some external source to get us started, civilizations that fell and new civilizations that birthed from the ashes, that wouldn't be a thing. And that's how all civilizations come about. Somebody fucks up. People get a little bit too greedy at the top. Society gets, you know, filled with no problems. Everybody starts fucking little kids. This is, this is in the history books. This is what happens. Every fucking empire. And then it crumbles. And from the ashes arises some new caveman-like human beings. Not genetically cavemen, but like they're just starting off a fucking again. And they somehow find their way to being another empire. And they do so without the fucking knowledge of those other people and without the help. This is organic human adaptation. There's so much evidence of this shit time and time and time and time again. And so I think in every human being and every man and woman, we need to remember that we do have the capacity to be like a LeBron James. Not go, I'm not telling you guys go fucking, it's, it's, it's mid-fall. I'm from New York. I'm not trying to trigger everybody with fucking old hoop dreams to go into a into a cold basketball court and try to dunk a basketball. It's not going to do anything for your fucking life. What I'm telling you is figure out how to get to a state of hunger, laser focus, and get in the fucking zone. And let that shit burn you. Let it hurt. Let it fucking hurt. It's so good. It is so good. <laughs> That pain is so good. I can't even explain it. I can't explain it. You know? It's nothing like it. <laughs> um, What the fuck is this? Is it like a TED Talk? Is it a TED Talk? I went on a crazy wild tangent uh, just because basketball is back. <laughs> you see what this shit does to me? I am a sheeple. Jesus Christ, I'm just like a fucking Big Mac eating sheeple. You put on one one fucking NBA montage commercial of guys dunking on other guys. And you see me, I think I'm a gladiator. All right. Um, no, I believed very deeply everything I just said. I believe it so deeply. I also believe this, you know, with all that said, all that fiery motivation... All that TED Talk bullshit that I just gave you, all these analogies and metaphors and parallels that you can draw to encourage yourself to get up and go get after it. Yes, but do so lightheartedly, ladies and gentlemen. Life is not serious. It's not. I have one iota, one little grain of truth to illuminate the fact that this life is not meant to be, was not... The purpose is not serious. It isn't a serious thing. I have one iota for you. Listen to this. You will die. That's it. If that's not a fucking joke, like... (laughs) If that's not a fucking joke, I don't know what is. You know? I've gotten to the point, I'm only 30 years old. But from the experiences that I've had so far... 
the amount of times that my mind has been blown with shit that I didn't even think was possible and fucking global pandemics and learning new truths, like a repetitive cycle of the allegory of the cave by Plato. That's that's what my life has fucking been, you know? Just a, a, a leverage, 90 caves that I've been in the dark and somebody coming and be like, no, this is not... This is not reality. This is an illusion. Taking me out to the light and me going, and then realizing that was an illusion too. You know, still waiting for the sun. But um, some people got that one. But um, with all of that, now it's like I'm so fucking jaded. Everything's so it's so not serious to me that <laughs> when I think of death now, I just hear like the theme music, the ending music, the credit music for. Uh, Larry David's Kirby Enthusiasm. Because it is just so fucking whimsically, hilariously comedic. It's just tragedy is just bullshit, you know? <laughs> Movies have brainwashed us to think that it's romantic. It's not. It's miserable. It's humiliating. <laughs> There's no glory in it. It's just death. It's hilarious, and it's it's, it's going to happen to all of us, ladies and gentlemen. You know. So, with all the TED Talk shit in the beginning of the motherfucking podcast, and the beginning of the motherfucking podcast, take it with a grain of salt. And that grain of salt is that everything should be lighthearted. It's a joke. Have fun. Don't take it so fucking serious. Go out. Grind. Whatever form of what is going to get you off your ass and toward what you your vision is, you know, I'm a weird son of a bitch. I like thinking about things in terms of manifestation. I also understand it's a chosen belief. I'm not married to my ideas. I enjoy thinking like this. It's fun for me. It gives my life color. You understand? I'm not walking around with a fucking a cross and... A megaphone telling you that the Bible is the way, and I'm not that guy. I just like to believe what I like to fucking believe. Whatever your route is to lighting the fire inside your fucking chest, and you getting up and getting after what you want, you know, throw that filter on it. Act like it's Instagram. Swipe. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. But do so lightheartedly. I don't think shit works. If it's not in a lighthearted way. I don't believe shit works if it's not in a lighthearted way. Now, that is <laughs> a dumbass motherfucking statement. Because there's a guy named Hitler who's very successful. Um, <laughs> I don't think he did anything lightheartedly. Uh, but <laughs> that guy was pretty angry. Pretty angry. Why are you so angry, man? <laughs> You know, they ask you that hypothetical. They'd be like, if you could have dinner with anybody alive or dead, who are your people? I'd be like, I want one guy. I just want Hitler. And I, I want to sit down with Hitler because I think I have the type of personality to crack that very hard exterior. You know? Let's have a couple of drinks with him. A steak. I don't know what the fuck the Russians eat. You know, bear, bear claw or whatever the fuck they eat over there. And Russians, he's German. You hear me? Jesus Christ, I'm I'm fucking conflating Putin and, <laughs> and Hitler. Jesus. Um, that's American propaganda for you. But back to my hypothetical. If I did have dinner with Adolf Hitler, 
I would just ask him that. And I would ask him in a silly way because I don't think if I asked him seriously that he would be able to answer me. I should be like, yo, why you, why your asshole so tight, bro? Like, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong, nigga? You never smoke weed? You never smoke some weed, boy? That's what I would do. I'd go to East Harlem, get him a nice, nice baggy bag of Halloween treats. You know what I'm saying? Get him some edibles. Get that nigga some, some sour from the hood. That that OG block work. And I roll that shit up in in Fonto to get that motherfucker fucked up. I get that nigga fucked up. Get him high. You know what I'm saying? Two shots of tequila. And then we just smoke some hookah chill and I talk to him. You know what I'm saying? I tell that's the serum of motherfucking truth. Niggas don't know that. Dominicans figured out the serum of truth. <laughs> that's, that's the truth serum. You know what I'm saying? Get a nigga high off some Washington Heights marijuana, a little bit of tequila, and start passing that hookah around. Niggas will tell you everything. You know what I'm saying? Niggas will start chatting. I bet I could get Hitler to chat. So that's what I'll do, man. I ask him, like, yo, son, why you so angry? Why you so angry, bro? Like, what's up? You know? Was head not a thing back then? Is that, is that what it is? Like, yo, one of the greatest people. I was just talking about Kendrick Lamar, so my brain is on it. That untitled album. He came out with an album to Pimp a Butterfly, which I think was his greatest piece of work. To date, I'm not going to say that he can't top that. But to Pimp a Butterfly, in my opinion, was crazy art. Crazy. And he was in such a period of what creates genius artwork. He was in a place of great conflict um, as he was expressing through the, the compromise that he was taking on in his life. Um, his fame was just starting to, you know, he was getting on that motherfucking mountaintop and all those things colliding, I felt like gave him such an emotional roller coaster on a day-to-day basis that he created not only that masterpiece, but his throwaways, the shit that didn't make it. As he was just recording songs, he was in that creative fugue state. He was in that flow mentally. He made another album that was like unmastered. It was called Untitled Unmastered. And that shit got some motherfucking groundbreaking music, some genius shit on it. You know, he doesn't play instruments, but he's a musician through and through. I'm a musician. I know a fucking musician. The guy's a composer. He just did not refine that skill. I don't know what instrument is his. Obviously, he's he's a great poet, but I don't think that's it. I think he just didn't pick up an instrument, in my fucking opinion. He just he knows it too well. It's a language you can't. It's not spoken. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's an unspoken language, you know. And he don't sing, and he don't play a physical instrument. He's a writer. He's a rapper, but nah, that's not it. He's he's tapped in. You know what I'm saying? He got the Jim, Jimi Hendrix gene. He's a crazy motherfucking genius. And this album, Untitled Unmastered, um, I brought that up because um, he, he tells the fucking answer. This wasn't like a super popping album, but you hear it. It was like, you know, in a couple songs, he was like, you know, there was some girl's voice that came on and she was talking about the answer to any man that has angst in this lifetime that that may lead to tendencies that are violent and may even billow if that man 
comes into a position of power and the corruption that comes with that power. And you think about a guy like Hitler, um, <clears throat> how far man goes with his mental illness. He actually talked about a very simple cure for that. It was called head, nigga. You need to get your dick sucked, Hitler. You need to get your dick sucked, man. <laughs> if I could get some thotty from 2022, one of these hoes I see on my motherfucking Instagram, and take her back into the 1930s, I could stop all that shit from happening. 1920s, whenever it was right before that nigga start to, started cooking juice. You know what I'm saying? I could have saved a lot of lives. But like, yo, this nigga, I mean, he's not an attractive guy. He got a weird mustache. But bitch, go take one for the team. Go suck his dick. Go suck his soul out of his dickhead. Go suck his soul out of his dick hole. You know what I'm saying? And he would have came out there a changed man. Because what the fuck was wrong with him? Why was he so angry? Um... <laughs> Jesus. You know what I mean? That's what Putin need right now. Putin, I feel like Putin is gay. Anybody else get that vibe? <laughs> Anybody else getting that vibration from that nigga? Like, you know, I don't speak no Russian. I don't even watch his videos with subtitles. I don't want to I don't want that to influence the expression he's giving off with just body language and speaking. He's a cold individual. Yada yada yada. Brutal leader. War, yeah, everybody's a war criminal that runs a country. That's how that shit works. So I take that out of context. I don't fucking rinse my brain with those, uh, you know, nationalist bias bullshit. You know, I just look at the guy and I'm analyzing him as a human being. I'm like, I think this guy likes dicks. <laughs> he gives me that fucking vibe. I don't know what it is. There's something about him. Um, I don't know. I don't have the best gait all. But I grew up in New York, so it's okay. Um, yeah, that nigga don't look 100% straight to me. But if he is straight, I know how we can stop all that bullshit that's going on over there. I know how we can stop it. You know what I'm saying? We go get a, a nice Tatiana from the hood. Get that nigga a couple shots of Patron. I already told you, the hookah, the hookits, some weed from Washington Heights, and let that bitch go to town on his dick. And it will be okay. It will be okay. He will wake up the next fucking day and just not want to... He, he won't want to do none of that shit no more. <laughs> He's not going to want to do none of that shit. Nigga's going to be like, yo, I, I just booked a flight to Miami, America. We cool. Ukraine, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> none of that shit is going to be a problem no more. What if that's how it worked? Like, you get absolute power and you lose the sensations that once gave you pleasure. Because you just have amassed so much power that that takes over all the endorphin triggers in your brain. So now the only thing that could get you the high of getting your dick sucked, smoking a blunt, or pulling off a hookah, you know, being around some bitches. The only thing that could that could give you that emotion that that once gave you is like taking over new land. Like, fuck. Jesus Christ, man. I don't want that then. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to enjoy my hookah. Jeez. I always go back to that metaphor. It's, it, it was uh, just great writing. I think it was a black woman. They stole that idea from some black woman. The Matrix. I heard that on Reddit. So it must be true. Might not be true. You'd look it up yourself. But I heard that she actually wrote the idea for The Matrix and it was stolen from her. Um, the way this world works, that wouldn't blow my mind. Not the point of the motherfucking story. I was trying to bring up the scene 
where Neo already goes and figures out that this is all an illusion. He's on a spacecraft and they are in some type of dystopian reality where they are trying to escape getting killed by these giant robot octopuses that have taken over the globe. And they're sucking people for their life force. They're using us like Duracell batteries. If you ain't watched The Matrix, go get get on that. Incredible classic movie. The scene I'm referring to is that there's one of the guys that's part of the resistance. You know, there's this guy that's on the ship that he's part of the resistance. And his character, he's like this fucking curmudgeon, cranky, Scrooge son of a bitch. And come to find out, he's double teaming. You know what I'm saying? Double teaming. he's (laughs) He's a mole. He's a mole for the robots. He basically wants... You know, the, the dickhead mid-boss, the guy with the fucking shades that kept kept on calling Neo. He's like, Mr. Anderson, that fucking guy. He wants that guy to erase his memory, throw him back in the Matrix, make him a powerful man. And he can live the illusion blue pillar to the end of his fucking life, being a rich, powerful white man. Who wouldn't want to fucking do that? I'm not going to lie to you. Who wouldn't want that? But um, so that piece of shit, he starts describing what the Matrix, leaving the Matrix and going into reality has done to him. He was saying that, you know, he remembers going out for dinner and eating fish and being able to taste it. And it was all an illusion. In reality, the sensation of taste was not, it didn't elicit as much of a dopamine endorphin rush in his brain. That that was part of the, the, the chemical illusion of being plugged up to this Matrix machine. I'm getting fucking deep into the plot of this movie. But that, that I feel like, is a metaphor for what happens for people who are in high places of power. It's like the, the bar for what gets you lit, for what gives you enjoyment, just keeps on going up and up and up and up. And that sounds like it would be realistic. If you think about the universal laws of compensation and you know universal justice, as poor people or people who are not rich, my opinion, if you're not rich, you're poor. <laughs> That's how I think it goes. That's just my opinion. But if you think about that, our perspective is always, you know, fuck those guys. They have so much. We don't have a lot. Right. Uh, and I imagine it would be fucking great to be rich. But I think we have to think in terms of universal law and reality. Um, Not to say that rich people are suffering at all, but maybe they can't enjoy the simple pleasures the way that we can. Is this just me making myself feel better because I'm not rich yet? Uh, maybe. Um, no, no. Maybe that's not what I was trying to say. Maybe I was trying to say when you're like in an absolute, a position of absolute power, like Vladimir Putin. I just try to get inside the mind of these these individuals. Like, what is it that makes a person so hell-bent on wanting to take over a new land and all this other stuff? I, I can understand from a biological perspective of kind of conquering for your ants, your your lineage. But in your lifetime, like the guy has it all. He's unofficially probably the richest person on the fucking planet. They don't talk about that. You know, he runs all of Russia. He has immeasurable power. Why the fuck do you so obsessed with Ukraine? You know, what is going on in Ukraine that you just need that place? You know, that's my question um, before I shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, man, just makes me curious about shit.
But I have been ranting, ladies and gentlemen, and it's went a little bit motherfucking long. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself because I did. Remember I told you guys you want to find something to light that fire. There's a big candle wick in your insides. Don't try this at home, kids. This is not a game, that board game operator. Don't go cut your sibling open and look for a fucking candle wick. You're not going to find it. You're just going to get charged up with manslaughter and everything that Jeffrey Dahmer um, got charged with. And they won't make a documentary about you. You will not be idolized. You will not be romanticized. You will be forgotten. You will go to jail. You will get butt fucked. Um, <laughs> but metaphorically, there's a big candle wick that aligns with your, your chakras or whatever the fuck they say on YouTube. And you need to find something to light that wick and keep that flame alive. And after you're done doing that, when you all fucking fired up and ready to take on your passions and your dreams and go after whatever the fuck you want to go after, you have to remember one thing. You do it lightheartedly. Laugh. Make fun of shit. Make fun of yourself. Critique. Laugh at the world. Laugh at how absurd and preposterous everything is, but also recognize that that is you as well. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are continuing listening to Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go onto the YouTube page. Subscribe. Nothing Important Podcast with Matt Reyes. Go over to my Instagram. I got a lot of funny shit on there. I got my reels. I got my post. Are we working? Go over there. Like the reels. Like the post. post and follow me on motherfucking Instagram. Until next time.